Welcome back to After the Buzzer Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. Alright guys, welcome back for another episode. Uh, just going to be me today, uh, no Colin, no callers, uh, but today we're just going to mostly, it's mostly going to be just the Celtics. Uh, we're going to also talk about the uh, Houston Rockets Golden State Warriors game last night. We're also going to talk about the Red Sox game last night, but tonight, I mean today, this episode, mostly dedicated to this just disappointing, disgusting Celtics season. Uh, so we're going to talk about that first. So let's dive into the Celtics game last night and kind of their season overall, uh, starting now. All right, so if you haven't heard, the Boston Celtics ended one of their most disappointing seasons in franchise history, uh, finished as the four seed with only 49 wins. They had expectations to maybe even go to the finals and beat the Warriors. You know, they were talking about that, and here we are losing the second round, but... I'm just going to talk about it all, really. The overview. Last night's game, I felt like usually Horford, you know, actually gives something. But really, last night, I felt like, especially in that first half, it was just Marcus Morris and Marcus Smart out there actually trying. And other than that, it was just, it was ugly. And I found myself watching the game last night. Didn't watch much Red Sox. Really, I was just focusing on the uh, Celtics. It was all in my head, and I didn't want to. But I figured if this is going to be the last game, I, you know, I. I don't even want to. I don't know how, what to feel right now. Should I be happy that this is over? Honestly, just this was just a headache. As a, uh, I call, I called the last episode. They're the illness in town. Uh, you have the Bruins look like they could really win the Stanley Cup right now. The Patriots, Red Sox, both uh, won won it. So really, the the Celtics could be the ugly duckling here, and the the what do you want to say the. Sp- they spoiled the party, if you will. Uh, I didn't expect them to win an NBA championship, but losing in five games like this, they were losers. They were absolute losers. They remind me of the 2011 Red Sox. Uh, both those teams had a ton of talent, just disappointed you, and really just didn't care. They didn't care whatsoever. Honestly, I kind of want Kyrie gone at this point. And I said, you can't win without him. You can't win without him. Oh, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I didn't think through, or maybe I just need more evidence. I don't know what it was. Um, but th- this has just been a disgusting season with that much talent. You fail like that to the point. I think Kyrie might be my least favorite player. I don't want to sound like a salty Celtics fan right now. There's obviously a little salt, but I, I don't want to sound like that. I'm. You're probably saying Aiden. The Patriots won, the Red Sox won, the Bruins are pretty close to Stanley Cup, and you're finding the one thing to complain about. And listen, I understand where you're coming from. Boston sports were kind of spoiled. It's the best sports city, and you're saying you've won all these titles, and you're complaining about the one team that underachieved. But that's my job on on a podcast is to, you know, call my team out, even if all the other teams – I've done great, and I know we have all these things, but I, I have to call some teams out. And even though I don't want to sound like that greedy Boston fan, that's my job here is to, you know, call out the Celtics for this. I can't just say, well, it's all right because we won all these other – no, 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 no. Listen, I'm, I'm grateful for two championships in one year, maybe even three. But I, I still have to do my job and call out the Celtics for this miserable, disappointing season. Um. 
Kyrie, I mean, he just makes me, he's an ill. He's an illness, not even an, with an ill. He's just a disease. Oh, that guy, I can't stand him. Oh, I can't stand him. I never heard one good thing come out of his mouth. One smart thing. All the guy does is talk, 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 but he talks about nothing that makes sense. Nothing good ever comes out of his mouth. Nothing that means anything except for something negative. The guy was so, you know, just miserable here. You know, what a burden to have to take a team that was one game away, minutes away to going to the finals last year. What a what a burden to have to play on that team. Oh, oh what a burden. God, he opened it up for himself. The can of worms, he opened it up. Stop. I, to the I want him gone, honestly. I, I wouldn't mind. I don't want him to go to New York because him and KD, I mean, just that. Uh, I, 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 this, that was, oh, he's a headache. He really is. And I, it's not, you know, we lost, but this team was a sore loser. Most Celtics teams, I've never really seen a team in Celtics history. Yeah, some teams don't make it to the playoffs. Some teams lose in the first round, but no team was a loser. Every team, you know, tried till the final minute. This team, no. No, they could care less. They could honestly care less. And they didn't fight. They didn't fight. They don't want to fight for each other. And if you thought the Celtics were going to win last night, I want to hear why, because this team hadn't fought all year. Why start now? Why start now? They just pack your bags and go. I honestly, I don't know what to feel. This was just, it's just a lot of disappointment. Um, and you're going to have, you know, disappointing years. Like, if this Celtics team had a disappointing season, but they still, you know, tried throughout. You know, a few bumps where Kyrie's a little negative. But it, as long as they they kept trying, I would have sat here and I'd still rip on them, but not as hard. This team just – Kyrie and this whole team heard all the criticism, took it. You're either going to either ignore the criticism – or take it and take it as motivation. Said this team just took it and said whatever, whatever. It's fine. You know what? Who care? Who cares? Who cares? Well, you know what? Honestly, at this point, I don't. I don't care. I don't care if you guys. You know what? I care, but I don't care if you guys. You know, you feel bad about. Oh, we, we should have done this differently. I don't. I'm, I'm honestly think they're all, they're all right with the season being over. I honestly think they're like. You know what? This isn't. This, you know, whatever, whatever. You know, I feel like I had a good year. Stop, stop, stop. I, I, you know, listen, the stuff I'm trying to say, I just don't know what to say at this point. There's just so much on my mind. I need to write it out and tell it to you guys. I'm, I didn't do that, but man, there's just so much for me to say. And the fact that, like, Kyrie, I heard uh, Jackie McMullen uh, and Zach Lowe. They did a podcast together, and they said, uh, Jackie McMullen was just like, you know, I think Kyrie was just so miserable and so toxic because he couldn't take all the rumors. You know, he couldn't take, you know, the Anthony Davis rumors and the, the you know, everyone overreacting to the Kevin Durant thing in the tunnel. He didn't even say anything. <sighs> oh, my God. God, I hated that. I honestly did. I respect Jackie McMullen and whatnot, but I hated why she said that because this is today's NBA social media. This guy wants to play in New York with Kevin Durant, but he doesn't want to take criticism. He wants to lead his own team, but he can't take the criticism to the point where Danny Ainge had to step in and say, hey, buddy, uh, I think you should delete Twitter. I think you should delete. He had to. He had to delete Twitter because he couldn't take the criticism. 
Oh my god. It just made me want to throw up anyone who feels sympathy for that. A guy who oh, I had to delete Twitter because I, I I couldn't take I couldn't take the criticism. What's criticism for Anthony Davis coming here? How is that really a burden? Really, I I just don't understand. Kyrie did it to himself. Um, so for Kyrie to get all pissed at the team make, makes me mad because he did it to himself. He opened a can of worms with the media. He was toxic in the locker room. Um, and he just tried, you know, 1v5s in that Buck series. It's just a little tiny part. He did it to himself, and he acted miserable and was just toxic. He did it to himself. If he had a bad year, it was his fault. Sure, sure. Here's my thing with Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens played a part in this. He was horrible this year. He was absolutely disgusting this year. Brad Stevens, in the past, has been able to take young guys as an X and O's team. So he has, you know, like last season, you didn't really have a set star. You just had a good group of guys. It was a playoff team, nothing great. But he was such a good X and O's coach that he could, um, you know, he'd do like ATOs after timeouts. Um so basically where, you know, they were down by one or something and he'd draw up a play. Just for anyone with the best mismatch. Now it's just give the ball to Kyrie. Kyrie's like, no, we're not doing this. We're not drawing up a play for the guy with the mismatch. Just give it to me and I'll, I'll figure out what to do with it. So Brad Stevens is a great X and O's coach. But when you get talent, you have to be more of a psychologist, if you will. And he is not that. Brad Stevens needs to be more of a psychologist. That's what today's NBA is. Coaches, you need some X and O's, yes. Like, if he took last season's Celtics playoff team, yes. X and O's do play a big factor. You can do that. But in today's NBA, when you have a star like Kyrie, it's more just be a psychologist. You have to manage egos. It's less X and O's. And just give it to the best player. You, you need the X and O's on defense, sure. Uh, but offensively, you know, Brad Stevens tried a little too much X and O's, and he was not a good psychologist. And again, you don't go into an NBA job really thinking you have to be a psychologist, but he should think about that because you you kind of – it sounds weird, but you just need to um, – you need to kind of have that in your background nowadays just to manage these egos. There's a ton of them. I'm really – a guy like Kyrie, God, that guy, I can't stand him. I hope – wouldn't it just be – uh, such a Kyrie move. Like, New York's too simple, but for him to crawl back to LeBron James, uh, how much would that just disgust you? For him to uh, just uh, it'd be such a Kyrie move to crawl back to LeBron. Uh, oh, that would just be, oh. And then there he'd be complaining about something. I don't have a big enough role. But here, he wants to lead a team, but when it comes to the criticism part, no, 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 leave me alone. Oh, God. I really just, oh, I, I just, this season was miserable. Kyrie was miserable. It was miserable to watch. And I, I really don't know what to say. I really, usually Celtics seems very fun. Like last year, that was a blast to watch last year. Usually I go into a Celtics season saying, we might not win the finals, but we'll make a good run. And they're going to be a fun, fun team to watch. I want fun Celtics basketball again. Because I didn't see any of it this year. I saw glimpses of it. Glimpses of fun Celtics basketball got me so excited. I was so happy when I saw the Celtics playing well. You know, maybe there's a spark for hope, but it was so fun. Like, that Bucks team's fun to watch. The way they move the ball and they can just shoot. Everyone on that team can shoot. Maybe not Giannis, but he's getting there. Uh, and he just, uh, that team's so fun to watch. Just to have a fun team to watch. Honestly, at this point, I don't know. Would I rather watch the Celtics or the Sacramento Kings? Because the Kings are just a young team that play at like the fastest pace. They play at such a fast pace. 
That's why Harrison Barnes is such a good fit. Because the uh, Mavs play such a slow pace. It wasn't a good fit for him. But the Kings, I, I they, they just missed the playoffs. But they're a young team. They show promise for the future. And they were such a fun team to watch. They played at a fast pace and whatnot. And they overachieved, too. And then there's the Celtics, who, sure, had a technically, I guess, better season. But they were just miserable to watch. They on they give me a headache. Like right now, talking about them, I'm no joke. Have a headache. And I again, I don't want to sound like a, some salty Celtics fan. Another salty Celtics fan. I just want to call out my team, and that's my job. I have to call out the team, and you know, even if it gives me a headache talking about it, I got to do it. And you know, I'm I'm grateful for the rings we have, but come on. That was absolutely pathetic. This team is pathetic, disappointing, and they were toxic. Absolutely toxic. How did you enjoy watching the Celtics? If this year's Celtics team is your favorite team, I don't know. Go watch Suns basketball. Go watch Suns basketball. There's no way. There's no way anyone enjoyed watching the Celtics this year. The Bruins, Patriots, Red Sox will take them all over the Celtics team because they were just an NBA Arguably, NFL, if, if I had to rank the sports, my favorites to watch, NFL slightly over NBA, probably. I like them. I love them all. Love baseball, hockey, basketball, football, golf, whatever. But if I had to rank them, just because, you know, hockey's my maybe third favorite to watch, doesn't mean I don't love watching hockey. I love it. It's awesome. And if it was gone, you know, that would, be, that would really be bad. But... NFL, slightly above the NBA. And I hated, hated watching this team this year. They were just horrible. They were, again, I can't stress enough, they were toxic. uh, They were just, uh, just the miserable looks on their faces. They did it to themselves. Sorry to say it, they just gave up. There's no fight in this team. They need to split up somehow. Honestly, the point where I didn't even like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, in a way, just they didn't have any fight either. And they're great young players. Kyrie is a guy, like, opposite of Tom Brady. Tom Brady's at 42. Six Super Bowl rings. And he still gets mad when he loses. Even a regular season game. Kyrie, one ring. Not even in his prime yet. And he's just like, whatever. Who cares? Who cares? Oh, God. Tom Brady, like, Tom Brady is just such a competitor. I don't expect anyone to be Tom Brady. Six rings, he's at 42 years old. That guy could, you know... He just give up, and he's already the GOAT. But he's still, he's still looking for that next one. Even in the regular season, he'll get mad. He'll get mad in the regular season. 42 years old, six rings, the GOAT. And he still gets mad. Kyrie, nowhere close to the GOAT status. Nowhere even top 50 all time. He's nowhere close to it. One ring, not even as the best player. He's already like, who cares after a playoff? Who who cares? What's there to be disappointed about? Uh, maybe you just lost in the second round and put up one of the more disappointing seasons in the past decade by any team, and you walked off like a loser at the same time. Oh, who likes Kyrie Irving at this point? I I like. I have a friend, Thomas Thomas Stapleton, who does the tip off formerly known as Break It Down, is a Thunder fan. He hates Kyrie. And he's just a Thunder fan. He still likes the Celtics, but he's a Thunder fan. But he says, I was still disgusted by Kyrie. Kyrie Irving was just disgusting. Don't think I'm going to... The perfect example of what this team, how much fight this team had last night, early third quarter, the Bucks 
six offensive rebounds in one possession. I I watched that possession at the point where I was just laughing. I was just dying laughing at how pathetic this team was this year. Pathetic. No fight. You're down three to one. Everyone's criticizing you for how pathetic you've been. Just doing the same thing. Who cares? Who cares? What's there to be disappointed about? What are you talking about? Oh, I don't even want to listen to him anymore. He's on Planet Zippy. Oh, oh my God. He is, he's a, he's a handful. Oh, he's a mental case. And honestly, I don't even know if I want him back. Should the Celtics want him back? I don't know. I don't even know at this point. I never heard myself say that, and especially this decade where it's a player's league, but I would rather just part ways with him and be stuck with the rest of this roster. If we're more fun to watch, you know, we're not going to be as much of a threat to the for the finals, but I just want a fun to watch Celtics team that shows a bright future. Honestly, at this point, I'm okay with Kyrie walking away and just having a great young nucleus that's fun to watch and can make some sort of run in the playoffs with Brad Stevens. You know, if we get bounced in the second round next year, but we are fun to watch, we show a bright future, nowhere to really go but up, and we're, you know, if we're a four seed again next year, but, you know, let's say we're a four seed around 49 wins again. But we're way more fun to watch. We show this great future. I'm fine with that. Honestly, as long as we get Kyrie away. Yeah, I want to go for the ring, but if we decide to go with the young nucleus, I'm fine with that because if we can do what we did in the playoffs last year, like I'm not looking for a finals right away if we have that young nucleus. But just a nice, fun run the playoffs, good regular season, just a fun-to-watch team. You don't expect them to go very far. You know, they hit expectations. Maybe they overachieve a little. Good run, go to the Eastern Conference Finals second round. I'm happy because, honestly, at this point, I'd rather watch uh, a fun young team get bounced in the second round than a toxic, underachieving team. Obviously. Obviously, right? So, that's just my uh, take on the Celtics game, if you will, uh, last night. And overall, their season, we'll dig more into the offseason, what they should do. A lot of these other teams, you know, I want – I don't – I drew myself a little too into Boston sports. When I created this podcast, I said, I want to mix it up. I'll do some Boston sports and I'll do some general stuff. And I do a lot of general stuff. I want to do even just a little more. Uh, but I'm more, you know, guys, calling on the Iker Mobile app. Seriously, the more support we get, again, the longer these episodes will get, a little more even dedicated I will, better audio and longer episodes for you guys. Uh, but, you know, I know we're just at the beginning, but I, I'd really uh, – Really appreciate it if you guys, if you can call in, you know, tell a friend or two that's a sports fan about this podcast. Maybe they'll enjoy uh, as well. Uh, just the beginning, obviously, but enough, enough of that. Um, now we're going to talk about the uh, Warriors Rockets game last night. So let's get into that. So last night the Warriors beat the Rockets 104 to 99, taking a commanding 3-2 series lead with Game Six in Houston. So far, uh. I- Every team has the Rockets have played two home games. Both their wins were at home. Warriors, three home games, all their wins at home. So the home team has won every game in the series. But the, the Rockets need game six and seven if they want to win. Uh, last night, the Warriors got off to that quick start, 31-17 to lead after the first quarter. But then the Rockets settled things down defensively and offensively, tying 26-26 to uh, a piece for each team in the second quarter. So, obviously, by that point, the Warriors have a nice 14-point lead. 
um, going into halftime. Not too high scoring of a game. But then we had the KD incident. This happened later in the game, but this is a Catherine. He's doubtful for game six, maybe game seven. Like, he, you know, he will may, may, might be lucky to play Western Conference Finals game one. I Like, this injury could be severe. severe. He's having the MRI today. Um, but this, to me, was a perfect example of why <clears throat> the regular season is way too long. This these types of injuries where KD just goes he, you know you know kind of just lands on it he didn't really land on it awkwardly but he just takes a jump shot seems to take a step or two all right and then goes <laughs> goes down with the injury so that obviously I think that those are the types of injuries that show this regular season is just way too long um, and it needs to be changed I've said it time and time again uh, Clay Thompson last night. Going into this game, I said, I don't know if I actually don't say, think I said it on air, but I said it anyway. And I said, well, there's an actual chance Clay might not come back because he's not happy with the amount of touches and shots he's getting in Golden State. Last night, 27 points. Got a fair, fair amount of shots uh, last night, I believe. How many field goal attempts was it? Uh, he took 20. 20. 20 is <laughs> 10 from 3. 20 is a lot of shots. 20 is, is not as good as it gets, especially on the Warriors team. So last night, KD goes down, and we all know Curry and Thompson have struggled this series, but they stepped up. Curry 25, Thompson 27, with Durant going down. They needed that. And when Durant came out of that game, everyone thought, all right, it's the Rockets' time to shine. James Harden and CP3 were really nowhere to be found, really. You know, a few buckets from uh, James Harden. One or two by uh, CP3. We saw a few logs. To Cl- Clint Capella was quiet last night. He had a he he really just came alive at that last like minute and a half. With I think he had a lob or two. He had at least one lob from CP3. He might have had another. He was just only six points. He did get 14 boards. Played good defense. One assist. But and he needs to step up as well. So does CP3. I mean James Harden just can't do it all. Eric Gordon did help step up. He's been phenomenal. But the Warriors and even neither team shot great from three. I thought thirty-five percent average for the Warriors, twenty-nine percent for the Rockets. They need to shoot the ball better. Uh, it's just that simple. You need to shoot the ball better. And fifteen turnovers for each team. That was a little high as well. I noticed that. So yeah, last night's game obviously didn't go too in depth there. But I the main point I wanted to get across is was this KD thing. This is just Exhibit A. One of your best players, I'd say second best player in the league, best player in the playoffs. Overall, I'm not saying he's had the best playoffs, but best player in the playoffs with LeBron. I think he's the second best player in the world behind LeBron. LeBron's not here, so it's KD. And he's getting hurt because the regular season's just, frankly, too long. And to the point where some of these guys are taking load management, I don't want to talk about them right now, but Kyrie. Taking these low management days. If you have a problem, we should shorten the regular season, and maybe he only has one or two of those. Kyrie's just a guy that needs all of those. But listen, the injuries, they're, they're, there's, I mean, yes, you, you got less games. It might mean a little less money, but your stars aren't, you know, you're going to see teams a little fresher coming into the playoffs. You know, more stars are going to be playing and healthy. So, you know, there's just way too many benefits from this. Very few things that hurt the NBA. I mean, I understand less games. You know, they're like, oh, we want as many games as possible without overdoing it. I'd say 82 is just about overdoing it. Uh, any more than 82 is just absurd. So, yeah, that's my little take on the Warriors-Rockets game last night. So now we're just going to quickly go over the Red Sox. 
win last night, 2-1 to one in extra innings over the Orioles, so let's get to that. All right, so I'll admit, I didn't watch the Red Sox game last night. The game went into extra innings pretty late, and the Celtics were on. And honestly, even though I'd probably rather watch the Celtics play than that miserable, toxic Celtics team, it was the last game probably, and I had to watch this group play probably for the last time. So I, I really, when I watched the highlights of the Red Sox game, I caught a little bit of it anyway, live. But it put a smile on my face that I said, "Wait, don't you can pan, you can worry about Chris Sale, but don't panic." That's why eight innings pitched, three hits, one earned run, and fourteen strikeouts. Are you kidding? That was great. And he had the hit hit pitch uh, on um, what's his face? It went it went between his legs. Uh, Wilkerson. Uh, it, it's like skims his leg. I think they ended up. Uh, calling that one off, but it was just kind of unlucky. Um, not a great pitch, but other than that, it was fine, but Mookie Betts hitting a home run. That was good to see. Uh, him hit one out of the ballpark. It's been a little been a little while. Um, but Jackie Bradley Jr. proved me wrong last night, and he saved your biscuits. You were going to lose that game because the ball, Mancini hit it out of the park in the bottom of the 11th. It was gone. It was literally out of the ballpark. Jackie Bradley Jr. makes an incredible play on the wall. That's why he's getting paid. Jackie Bradley Jr. last night, four at-bats, no hits and a walk. No runs. He's not going to do it at the plate, but he's going to save you games in the field. And let me tell you, I underestimated this whole fielding thing. Maybe you do need that good fielder that, you know, he's going to kill you at the bottom of the lineup. But, boy, he's going to make you some game-saving plays. You know what? The more that I think about it, JBJ has really, without him, you have a few more losses. And, you know, it's, it's it's nice to have the bats, but sometimes I think Jackie Bradley Jr., you know, I, I really thought about it, and he just made this play time and time again that really he saved your biscuits in the field so many times with these diving plays or overalls. This isn't the first time, and he does it consistently. It would have been a while, and it's just like, you know, I, I, I want to keep him, but I'm not sure because we have a lot of guys we kind of need to keep. I'm still not sure on JBJ because, you know, gold glover but can't hit, you know, so that's a problem. Not even a thrilling base runner either. He's all right. He's not bad over average. but So, you know, it's up in the air because, you know, you have guys like Betts that you're going to need to pay. You're already paying sale price in Martinez big bucks. So you're going to need to pay Betts, Benintendi, Devers. You're already paying Bogarts as well some solid money. Solid dough there, and so you got some guys. Never mind, you, you know, you're going to need some bullpen arms. You know, maybe Walden's going to want a little money after this season because he's been pitching good, so I don't know. You know, JBJ, you're going to have to let one of these big fish go. I'm talking Betts, Benintendi, Devers, JBJ. You might have to only choose two or three of those guys. And I say Betts and Benintendi are at the top of my list in – you know, Devers and JBJ fighting for that third spot. The thing about Devers is he's a really good hitter, but he's a bad fielder, so it's the opposite. Do you want the hitting or do you want the stellar fielding? And when it comes down to it, I'd usually say the bat, because Devers looks like a future 300 hitter by as early as next year. He's in like 292 right now. But JBJ makes a bigger impact. I have to say that Devers... 
You know, he can hit, he can hit the crap out of the ball, and but JBJ just saves you so many times in the field. And Pets and Benintendi are solid fielders as well. You have a very good fielding outfield. Like overall, that outfield might be the best. You know, the Yankees are up there too. I'd say probably the Yankees maybe, but to think Betts, Benintendi, JBJ, that's probably the best fielding um, outfield and. Benintendi and Betts are good hitters. JBJ kind of weighs you down hitting. But overall, it's a great outfield. JBJ proves me wrong. Benintendi hits the walk-off. So that outfield literally was the key to last night's game. Besides Chris Sale, the bullpen pitched really well. Only two hits in total four innings from the bullpen. Barnes pitched an inning, let up two hits. Workman an inning, Brazier, and then Hembree got his first career save. Uh, But Chris Sale also, that seventh inning, nine strikes, three strikeouts. It was incredible. He's back on his game. He's back. Chris Sale, I'd say, pretty much back. We might see, uh, sorry about that, a few more, eh, you know, outings. But, no, I seriously think this guy, he, no, he's coming back. Uh, Obviously, last night, eight innings, three hits, an earned run, the 14 strikeouts. But the games before that, eight innings, six innings, seven innings. And his ERA is down to a 4.5. In his, not last night's start, not the start before that, but the Rays start, his third to last start, his ERA after that game was a 6.3. Then after his last start, it was a 5.25. Then after last night's start, it was a 4.5. So the ERA is going down. His career average is 2.94. If by the end of the season, this guy's ERA is the low threes, the, the low 300s, I'll be happy. Like, it's 310, 307. You know, if he's pitching, you know, around the way he pitches, I don't expect him to pitch every single game. Like, overall, on average, he's 85% of what he was last night or 90%. That's about what I, what I expect, okay? On average, I'm hoping for at least 85% because you know, maybe you got a, tough, a few more hits, less strikeouts, a few more base runners. But overall, like, you know, one earned run, three hits. Maybe on average, I expect... You know, three earned runs on, you know, six or seven base runners, 10, nine strikeouts. I don't, I don't know. It's just coming off the top of my head. But, no, great night for Chris Sale. JBJ starting to prove me wrong. Um, and just really good game. I want to start tuning into even, you know, more Red Sox. I said, I said the dream would be if by the time we're at 19 losses or 18 losses, we're at 19 wins or 18 losses. That would be a dream, but it's probably not going to happen. But yet it did. We are on fire right now. We're on fuego. And I said, if we can win two of the three in Baltimore, I'll be happy. And to be honest, last night, the fact that you edged the game out, you know, although you edged out that series last night, I'm still happy. You played great. Chris Sale pitched really well. The bats weren't really getting, but they, you know, you hit two home runs. The bats were not very good, but you hit two home runs. Uh, you probably could have had another run, but there was this really, really lucky play last night in the um, ball game. Let me find it. I, I saw it. So basically, what happened is I think it was God. I don't know who it was, but it was hit to um, Alberto Hansar Alberto on the Orioles. He couldn't make the play, and Betts ran to second because he was on first base at the time. So I forget who hit it, but it, they hit it to Alberto. He couldn't field it. He kicked it to second, basically. So Betts went. It was a great play by um, Villar. 
the second baseman, Jonathan Villar, just came from second base, flipped it over to Alberto, and got the out. Yeah, it's hard to explain, but you have to go watch that replay. I recommend, if you didn't watch the Red Sox, I know a lot of people didn't. I know there weren't people at the game either because there's like 10 people, 11 people in the outfield stands. There's no one there. But that's not what I'm talking about on TV. If you're a Celtics, uh, Boston fan, you're probably watching the Celtics. Or you probably don't watch the Red Sox that often. Just watch the seven, eight-minute highlight. It's well worth it. You see Chris Sale mow some guys down. You see two dingers. You see an incredible grab by JBJ. And you're like, all right, I feel good about the Red Sox. So if you don't feel good about the Red Sox, go watch their highlights from last night's game or some of these other games. But they're starting to heat up again. Um, I, I'm starting to feel confident in them again. I, I can't restore full confidence, but I'm pretty much there uh, that they finally focused. We're sitting at 19-19, third place in the AL East. Only three games behind the Yankees and five behind the Rays. So we're really catching up 8-2 and two in our last 10. Uh, we got a good distance with the Orioles, three and a half games, uh, five and a half with the Orioles. I'm not too worried about the Orioles at all, Blue Jays barely. Just the Yankees and Rays are my focus right now, and they should be for you as well. I don't believe we'd get a – yeah, we wouldn't get a wild card spot. So if the playoffs are today, we wouldn't be in, but – it's all right, they don't start today. There's a ton more baseball left, but the Red Sox starting to get back on the right track. Can you believe in them? Uh, Colin on the Anchor mobile app. Any other thoughts, but can you start believing in the Red Sox? Some Celtics call. Like some Celtics, this is a great time to call because you got the Bruins series starting. That starts tonight. Um, McAvoy's going to be a big loss for tonight, but we should win five, six games, but don't underestimate any team. The Hurricanes are playing hot, but... What I'm trying to say is right now is a perfect time to call in. You got the Celtics to rant about. You got the Red Sox starting to play well. Can you believe in them? You got the, you know, uh, you got the Bruins. You don't have much Patriots. I mean, if you want to make any calls on the draft, like be my guest, no one has. So it might be a little late technically, but go ahead. You can if you want to. I don't care what you call in about, especially right now uh, with no one's calling in. I know that sounds kind of bad. But anyway, uh, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Again, go follow my Instagram after the buzzer sports talk, all lowercase, no spaces or underscores. Um, yeah, thank you guys for listening, and I'll see you next time.